Welcome into June 9th. It is a, can I take this mask and make it a slingshot for fetch with my dog kind of Wednesday? I don't know. I'm thinking about how we repurpose these things in the future. I'm Tommy McFly. I'm Kelly Collis and happy hump day. Hey, I'm Tommy McFly. I'm Kelly Collis. We love DC. Kelly's a hug-hating, lifelong Washingtonian who loves her Washington Nationals. She's a mom, a wife, always honest, funny, and sometimes a little bitter. Oh, is it my turn, Tommy? As I was saying. Everybody loves Tommy. He's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. He's got two dogs and a husband. You'll see them all over his Instagram. And if you just ask him about the time he spent Easter at the White House. Because I was the first person in American history to host the White House Easter egg roll. Thanks, Obama. I'll be in the Smithsonian someday. Don't hold your breath, Tommy. But seriously, we're so glad that you're here because you probably love Washington. Like, we love Washington. Matter of fact, we even had a radio show about how much we love Washington for quite some time. We bring people together, created awesome community moments around D.C., and have been invited to and asked to leave some of the most interesting spots in the nation's capital. We're so glad that you're listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoy some really fun headlines from D.C. and beyond. That was a lot. Let's get started. talk to you about books because as you know kelly i read so many of them <laughs> i think you like to have them on your bookshelf i do um i haven't done the all color scheme yet one but you know the books you choose to have on your bookshelf really says a lot about you as a person <laughs> clear if i've cracked them or not but i have read rob Lowe's book on tape so that's where we are um you do have a bookshelf in your background there tommy and i'm seeing that there are no books on it <laughs> not a single book to be seen but i will tell you it's super ironic though because dr carla hayden the librarian of Congress is a friend of our show, and I would consider her a personal friend. The team at the Library of Congress is amazing. I've talked to them about a lot of things, mostly artifacts and digital photos and videos. But the National Book Festival is coming back. And I, even as a non-book American, know that the National Book Festival is a huge deal, started by Laura Bush when George W. was in the White House. It's continued on. And this year, they are doing a hybrid model, and they've announced some of the authors. This is so cool. And it's just something that like, it's another tradition in DC that's coming Mm -hmm. back and it just gets you really excited. Totally. And so before the pandemic, it was tens of thousands of people came to the convention center in downtown DC. And then the last two years, it's been a virtual event, but they've also done some really cool stuff. So now like this year with the National Book Festival, it'll be hybrid September 17th through the 26th, but they've got like a podcast series that NPR is doing with them with these authors. And there's going to be a national televised special that PBS is doing. These kind of things weren't like a part of the mix before. And now they are. And now they're also bringing back some in-person ticketed stuff. So that's really cool. I love it. It's like a multimedia. It's not just books, Tommy. Totally. So this is why I'm like, maybe I'll dip my toe in the <laughs> podcast section or the PBS section. Um, so they've got all kinds of, of awesome authors from genres across the literary world, everything from fiction to nonfiction, people who have written books on social change, people who have written comedies and children's books and all kinds of things. So Isabel Wilkinson is one of the headliners. Um, Roxane Gay is another one of the headliners. Uh, she's written a lot of really thought-provoking stuff. And also... Michael J. Fox is going to be one of the headliners as well. So he's got his new book, No Time Like the Present, An Optimist Considers Mortality. And this really struck me because I love me some Michael J. Fox. But also, 
during the pandemic, my husband, Chris, got his book, An Optimist Considers Mortality, from Michael J. Fox. And, you know, he's going through his own personal health struggles, and he said mm-hmm. he's not going to act again and all these things. And I come home from, like, a walk with a mask and all the things, like, mid-pandemic, and my husband's sitting on the couch with that book cracked. And I was like, are you trying to make it worse? Like, what is wrong with you? And he's like, I just had to feel it. I had to know what's going on there. And I was like, well, um, I'm going to go watch some uh, Schitt's Creek. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've seen some of the interviews with Michael J. Fox talking about that book and it's some powerful stuff. It's totally powerful, but I think I would be more in tune to dive into it now and have him come to the book festival in September versus like, (laughs) let's call it, june july of last year your mental state is a little bit stronger now absolutely i'm using my masks (laughs) as dog parachutes so that's what's (laughs) happening now but congrats to our pals at the library of congress for bringing it back and um if you don't mind kelly let's continue our book discussion how does that sound i love it i cannot believe this guy has a book but i mean he's a creative genius but i think a year ago we all would have been surprised if he was an author yes and now you are in a book club i might start a book club i actually bought this book on amazon right before the show started Um, i'm gonna get it tomorrow on hardcover i'm so excited dave jorgensen who is the washington post tiktok guy he also is like a digital journalist and um at one point was an interview or an intern for Colbert and worked on the Colbert show. So very funny guy, very quirky, funny guy. And uh, he was in the video department of the Washington post. And then as the pandemic started, he started doing TikToks and <laughs> does a TikTok a day or two a day or three a day. It actually believe, I believe it started in like May of night, 2019 is when his Washington post TikToking started. But during the pandemic, people have found him very funny. Um, because he's posted about news and he's kind of like giving you hard news, but it's kind of like vegetables covered in cheese because he makes it funny and you like learn stuff. Yeah. And he always finds a way to put the Washington Post brand into the TikToks. Yes. <laughs> in a very creative, subtle way. So we talked to him a few months ago and he actually, I want to revisit this because he gave you, Kelly, some advice about making your TikToks and dipping your toe in. So Kelly has been fangirling over your TikTok as she's newly getting into it. Do you have like, two or three pieces of advice for somebody who's in their schmorties getting ready to, you know, adventure into TikTok by herself? Yeah, I think, uh, I think a lot of people get worried that they have to go into TikTok and do all the dances or whatever. And, and, you know, but the thing is there's so much room on TikTok to carve out your own niche. Uh, you know, there's whatever you're into can be, your entryway into TikTok, if, like if you want to look at it from the Washington Post perspective, it's like we're a newspaper and we kind of approached it as this old 140-year-old newspaper with a bunch of dad jokes. And that was our personality. So I think if you go into the app and just make clear who you are, it's much better than trying to go on the app and pretend that you're 19. You know what I mean? And not that, not that you can't do the dances, but just kind of approach it as yourself and just be genuine because more so than any other social media video app or just social media app, uh, it rewards being genuine. And, and I, that's something that's always drawn me to TikTok is the whether, I mean, some people would have you think otherwise, but I think it's actually a fairly wholesome app, all things considered. Do you ever get like judgy eyes from some of the big capital J journalists <laughs> who work at the Washington Post or do they just keep you away from them? <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, well, definitely the latter. Uh, you know, they, they pull me away if needed. Very comically with a cane, just pulls me out of frame. Uh, no, but but uh, 
Actually, believe it or not, everyone's pretty much on board, at least in the sense that they're totally okay with TikTok account in a way that even I couldn't have anticipated. I think it helps. We kind of talked about uh, before TikTok, I, I'd been at the post two years already. So I was already kind of, you know, had some relationships within the newsroom and people kind of knew that I was making more satirical videos and things like that. So they were aware of me. It wasn't crazy that I was jumping around dancing in the newsroom, using invisible string to make a shoe talk, that kind of stuff. That, that was sort of par for the course. Um, but it helped when we had, like, actual Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists appear in TikTok and do so very willingly. Um, and once that happened, once we got Marty Barron at a TikTok, that, that we were off to the races. <laughs> uh, I have a question about your followers. So you're, you're following only two accounts, the New yeah. York Times and Ashton Kutcher. Was that – got to yeah. explain those decisions. So thank you, because that is like my favorite. I'm almost sometimes hesitant to to talk about it because I, I, it's like my little inside joke for myself, even though it doesn't make sense. So the New York Times account is just some kid. I don't know where he lives. It's not the New York Times. It just says NY Times. And he's posted one TikTok, and it's him trying out a bunch of different outfits. And it's kind of silly. It's, but the point is that it's clearly not the New York Times, but it's the same <laughs> handle they have on Twitter. It's just NY Times. And so I like to pretend as if we are these – you know, boomers on the app, not knowing what we're doing, that we actually think it's the New York Times. So once a month or maybe sometimes every week, I'll comment on that one video he's posted and be like, dude, follow us back. We're like, we're the other newspaper, follow <laughs> us back. And people have started to pick up on that where you can see in the comment sections that they're like laughing, but they're also like, follow them back. What are you doing? <laughs> um, so that's part one. Part two, continuing with the idea that we're confused people on an app. Uh, Ashton Kutcher, I don't know if it's actually his account. It's an account that just is at Ashton Kutcher, Kutcher. They haven't posted a video. I don't think they ever will. I don't think it's really Ashton Kutcher, but I like this idea of someone getting on a new app and thinking, well, Ashton Kutcher knew about Twitter. Why wouldn't he know about TikTok? So let's follow <laughs> him. So that's the joke there. There's nothing more to it, but I, I have no intention of following anyone else ever. So the book that he wrote is a book on what he knows best, which is, of course, TikTok. <laughs> yes. Dave Jorgensen, the author. He is an author. The guy wrote a book. <laughs> Make a TikTok every day if you want to check it out. So we've covered every angle of cicadas. And every time we think that we've done telling the story that the cicadas are here after 17 years of living in the ground, there's another story that pops up. So we've talked about eating them. We've talked about how they're on the radar. We've talked about how they're mating, how they make this noise. Now there's a woman that is making jewelry out of cicadas. And don't worry, she's what? not interrupting their mating season. She's finding cicadas that have passed and that are in good shape. And she's taking their kind of wings that are sort of iridescent and putting them into uh, clear earrings. Oh, fun. And other jewelry. that Think of like um, the same process you would put like a dried flower in. Yeah, like it, okay. It, you, can, you can still see the flower through the glass. So she um, is kind of honoring them in that way. Not really my style, but I appreciate her use of um, her creativity to take the beautiful cicada wings and make them into earrings. I'm glad she's not covering them in amber because that's how Jurassic Park started. <laughs> well, she didn't say that she wasn't doing that, but that's a really good idea. <laughs> in case you want to recreate some and bring them back to life on an off 17-year off cycle. <laughs> totally. Totally. And yeah, exactly. You could Maybe we get cicadas in two years because she puts them in amber. I don't know. I think we got to put um, definitely a link to her Etsy shop or wherever she's selling them in the show notes, or you can get also, by the way, you can get all kinds of notes and links to stuff we're talking about on realfundc.com on the Tommy and Kelly page. But that's something you got to see to believe the iridescent, like cool plastic. Like it's like, it's not plastic. It's like a 
glass, right? That they're mm-hmm. just putting them in. That's yeah. really neat. Would it, would it be all like, there's definitely a, a bunch of supply for it. So her, <laughs> yes. her costs are probably very low. Yes. The materials are right outside her door. Yeah. My goodness. I mean, imagine the markup on that, whatever she sells it for. <laughs> good for her. Way to go, lady. Way to go. Um, DC is coming back, baby. I realize this, you know, you kind of see these different signs about it everywhere you go. People are like out on the weekend nights or there's tourists coming back or you're seeing these things as DC is coming back. And it's really neat that the Restaurant Association, Metro Washington and Events DC have teamed up for this cool giveaway. Now, they are a partner of ours and we're excited to share this information with you. It's DC's Shop, Eat, Play, Stay giveaway. They are giving away... 51 prizes. I can't imagine. I don't understand why they would do 51, what that could be possibly tied to. We're not quite there yet, but yes, one can hope and dream. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're probably a little further than we thought we would be a couple months ago uh, as far as the 51st state thing goes. But you know what? We're keeping the hope alive. Um, but they're getting 51 prizes away, including grand prizes of a $25,000 event. So they want people to come back into town, want people to go to restaurants, go to entertainment venues, you know, book out private events, all of these things that people did like weddings, bar mitzvahs, all the things. And so they are giving away five $25,000 events to be done in DC within the next year. And you can get entered um, on the restaurant association, Metro Washington's website. We made it really simple. If you're listening to this before the end of June, just go to realfunddc.com and there is a DC shop, eat, play, stay button right on the top of our website. Click it. It takes you right to their link and you can get entered um, for these awesome prizes. Very cool. And it's great news and great way to celebrate the reopening of DC. Yeah, prizes given away every single Monday in June. The last drawing is going to be on the 28th. But there's it, there's the $25,000 grand prizes, five of those. But there's also like $10,000 to be awarded um, to eat, shop, stay, or play at DC retailers and restaurants. There's $5,000 prizes and $3,500 prizes and $1,000 prizes. There's so many prizes to be um, to be given away. So check it out at realfunddc.com. Just click on the very top navigation bar, the DC Shop Eat, Play, Stay button to get involved. I love it. Well, speaking of DC, Tommy, you found this information about um, the housing market here, which has just been bananas. I mean, we've had a lot going on. Obviously, a lot of people are looking to get out of their condo or their apartment for a house. We have a change in administrations. So the real estate market is booming. And I just can't believe that one in five homes in DC sold in 2021 were over a million dollars. Yeah. Urban Turf did this study. So they found between um, January and the end of April that of the 3,434 houses that were sold, 678 of them sold for more than $1 million. That's crazy. Absolutely nuts. Um, And I've got two different couples of friends who are moving back to the city who left and are coming back now. And they're in like that hunt now of trying to buy a place. And they're not in the $1 million range, but they're like trying to find condos and trying to find homes, trying to find all the things. And they're just like, it's, it's like the hunger games out there. It's insane how fast they're going. And like, I don't know enough about real estate, but like inspections and waving this and waving that, and there's bidding wars and all of it. It's just, it's nuts right now. I've seen it in my neighborhood. It's literally, and I have a real estate agent that either emails me, calls me, or sends me something in the mail. <laughs> Be like, sell your house. I've been in my house for 20 years. I'm not going anywhere, anywhere anytime soon. Um, but yeah, that, and that there's been a couple of houses on our street that have just like 
they go like during the open house. Yeah. <laughs> just like shut down the open house, being like, oh, we got a contract. It's over asking. Here we go. Time to get out. Totally. It's, yeah. it's absolutely nuts. In our condo building, we've seen like condos not moving like as fast because people want homes. They want a yard. They want like the things. But still, like like the neighborhood here, it's just there. Things are going so quickly, like it's 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 crazy. It's good if you if you got in the market beforehand, and I feel sorry for the house hunters. Good luck. Yeah, totally. Well, right, like uh, you're getting those calls from realtors who are like, sell your house, but then you're like, where would I go? <laughs> I <know>. I can't <laughs> like, afford to move. You sell it for a huge for a profit. I'm assuming, maybe, hopefully, mm-hmm. right? And then you're like, great. <laughs> I got nowhere. <laughs> suitcase full of money, but where do I live? Because I got to go now buy a house, and I can't buy something from these people. For sure. My goodness, it's 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 wild out there. So when you get a new neighbor in your neighborhood, be nice to them because they've just been through the ringer trying to find a place to live. <laughs> That's for sure. My goodness. It's a crazy time, man. It's a crazy time. Also, Pride is happening this month, and Capital Pride has done a really great job. Like the National Book Festival that's got a hybrid model, Capital Pride is a hybrid model again this year. Um, last year they were – They actually did a little bit of a hybrid model last year, too. So instead of the giant Capital Pride parade that happens, they had the Pride Mobile where they took like a jolly trolley and they toured around different spots um, around the city. And this year they are painting the town colorful, which they've asked people who have homes, who have businesses, landmarks. You know, you've seen maybe like Union Station, Um, Union Market has got their pride up. The Department of Energy has got a pride flag. Like there's buildings in downtown that have pride flags. So they've been asking people to do that. And I got to speak with Ashley Smith. He is the board president of Capital Pride about what they're doing this year. And it's interesting, too, because pride happens in June and June is when the restrictions are lifted. So they have been obviously planning this for months. But also like going back and forth with like, okay, can we have a break? Can I have a break? Like, what are we gonna do here? And so they're they're just planning and their logistics have shifted five bajillion times over the last couple of weeks. And right now, as we're recording this on June 9th, there may be things that change by tomorrow. So who knows what they're going through? You gotta be flexible. Totally. Ashley spent some time with us. And also we're gonna play for you a clip of the song that Shade the awesome local band that's making it big recorded as part of the anthem for pride. So Ashley, congrats on all the tap dancing. I applaud you for all of the, like all the tap dancing you probably have had to do over the last months and weeks and days. And you will continue to do throughout the next month. Tap Dancing is real. It is something that we'll be tap dancing around for a lot over the next two weeks. So if you see us darting someplace and trying to come up with something, that's what we're doing. We're just trying to do things that are going to make, truly make this events and activities great for our community. Everybody learned a lot throughout the last year. We pivoted, we all the buzzwords, <laughs> but there have been some silver linings we've seen come out of the pandemic. What can you speak to from the pride side? The partnerships are the number one thing that I would say. Throughout the course of this time period, we several of the LGBT organizations here in the city have started to come together and working on different projects. We need everyone to rally our troops together to celebrate who we are, but also to understand that we have a lot of work ahead of us. And until we have equality for all, there's not equality for any of us. Last year, the Pride Mobile was sort of a pandemic pivot. Is that going to be around for this year and beyond? Well, it's definitely going to be around for this year. We're looking at what's beyond. Uh, We're definitely going to be looking to 2022 to have our parade that we've always known that we've had here in the city for many, many years that have been phenomenal. How would you describe Capital Pride looking this year? 
We are looking uh, uniquely different. Uh, and why I say that is because we are, have had to adjust to the time periods. We are trying to adapt very quickly. And I think that what we're doing now, uh, the activities that we'll do in June may not be the same activities that we've had in the past, but will be still great and hopefully well attended. And we're looking to do some other activities throughout the course of the year. The, the campaign that we're doing with uh, Shade is a single that uh, will be coming out uh, called Colorful. And, and that is the theme of what we're doing a lot of our work throughout the course of this year and probably uh, celebration 2021. Before you get into shade, Tommy, I wanted to say something about the theme, colorful. Mm, yes. Did Pride really need the theme colorful? Because if you've ever been to a Pride parade, <laughs> there is everyone that's involved is it's I don't it's colorful doesn't seem to do it justice. <laughs> right. What right? is more colorful than colorful? <laughs> right. I mean, it's just sort of like colorful on like steroids is, is yeah. what I think about with Pride. But that's a really cool way to get people involved. I know uh, just walking around my neighborhood, it seems more than ever people are being supportive with flags and decorations. And I don't know if that's because of pandemic or just for evolving as humans but it's great to see it really is cool and i think you're right so um i want to show you kelly the map i know you can't see if you're like if you are enjoying the podcast like look in really close like zoom into your speaker and you'll see it um i'm kidding but they've got a map that they put up um which is kind of cool where the paint the town colorful is happening all month and normally it would be like all concentrated in like Boop, yeah. right on you know 14th street for the parade yeah now you which is see... always awesome to go down and see but like now it's like it's expanding right it's going into other neighborhoods where they're just oh yeah i see you pulling it yeah so you can see on the map when you refresh the page on the map like it it pops up all like the color spots where the activations are happening so whether it's places all over um, or whether it's homes, people can like register their pride and um, it's showing how it's painting the town colorful, which is really neat. And even the map is colorful. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's amazing. I think it should be like all year long. It just makes me happy. There's even a, there's even a colorful spot in Townsend above Baltimore. So way to go. That is really cool. And um, if you have not yet listened to Shade's album, High Dive, you really need to. It's amazing. Um, I'm partial to the song Part-Time Psycho, but <laughs> they've also got a great song called Colorful on the album that I had like heard, and I didn't realize that it's the theme for Capital Pride, and they're working together with Pride's um, initiatives to raise money um, around this single, which is cool. And they've got the Pride Honors happening in Ivy City on Friday, which is an award ceremony for people in the LGBTQ plus community who've made a difference, and they're going to debut the world premiere video of Colorful. Um, with shade on Friday. So that'll be really cool. But this is a little bit of the song. And it just is like these really rich vocals and it just is a great song. And the whole album High Dive is awesome from Shade. So really cool that they're supportive in that way. Yeah. And it's, it's always great to see our local bands, you know, give back to the communities that they grew up in. Also, um, I was on Shade's Instagram yesterday and they have new merch. And I don't think I've ever purchased artist merch before. We've been very fortunate that we've gotten stuff like sent to us when we were on the radio and all the things. But they have a shirt that just says part-time psycho on it, 
which I think I need to buy. <laughs> I just, with the part-time psycho thing, is that, are you projecting or are you thinking of somebody? <laughs> I mean, I, do you want to share with the class? <laughs> no, it, it, well, it, it's their song, part-time psycho. I, I understand that, but like it, it, you, you're connecting with it because it reminds you of yourself or somebody else. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's just, so the lyrics go, wake me up. I'm right as rain, smiling out the window pane. Something's pulling on my chain, twisting the wires in my brain. Voice in my head, making me mad or making me bad. Darling, I've always been a part-time psycho. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, ah, 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 I think it's about you. Okay. I've always Thanks been a part-time psycho. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, 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 I've always been psycho. It's just a fun song. <laughs> okay. All right. Just, I know you wear your like best buddy shirt and your 202 shirt. Like, just, <laughs> I mean, just be careful of like how you, whenever you go wear your part-time psycho, like maybe like at night walking by yourself, that's not the best <laughs> time to do it. That's true. Maybe, maybe I should just wear that one on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's like a PJ shirt. <laughs> Without context, you might not know. You know what, Kelly? You really, I think you saved me some trouble or at least some explaining at some point. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. No, you're welcome. I'm going to go ahead and leave a review on this podcast. <laughs> be like, Kelly, just saved me. By the way, if you want to support our work and you want to help out um, with getting the word out about our podcast, please go ahead and share it to anybody who you think might be interested in this real fun DC part-time psycho situation we got going on here. Um, please leave a review. Please leave a um, five-star comment on uh, the podcast anywhere you get it. And as you can tell, we're very not great at asking you to do stuff for us because we're I'm awing and umming. But please support our work <laughs> and give us a review. We'll see you next time. <laughs>